Welcome to the I'm in my 20s podcast, the podcast that empowers you to make the best of your 20s through candid, insightful, and inspiring conversations. My name is Meg, and let's get started. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. Today, I'm going to be recording an episode that is soon to be one of my favorite episodes. I already know this because I love doing these reflective ones where I look back on like lessons I learned and stuff like that. But don't worry, I'll try to keep it as interesting as possible by putting in some of my personal stories and anecdotes and that stuff to make it more fun and memorable and uh, try to make it as valuable as possible for y'all. So today I'll be sharing 23 things I learned by age 23, but just the part one. So I'll be sharing the first 12 in this episode and I'll be covering topics of like health, dating, friendships, relationships, all of that stuff. And the second half will be more of the general stuff. So things around success and life and self-awareness and all that stuff. So we're going to split that into two episodes because I already know that I'm going to babble. But before we dive in, guys, sad life update. I injured my hand. So my left hand the ring finger on my left hand, which thankfully is like the least useful finger because your girl ain't getting a ring on that anytime soon. I'm just kidding. But like, seriously, it's like not a very useful finger, but it's really sad because I got it jammed during volleyball. So did you guys know that when you set the volleyball, you're not supposed to have loose fingers? I should have known this like eight weeks ago before I started playing recreational volleyball because I already injured my right hand so my right thumb got jammed so I had to take a break for a while and right when my right thumb healed I went back in and like started like setting again and then my left ring finger got bent backwards a bit too far and then I actually had to go to the emergency room and literally like sit there till like 3 a.m to get my x-ray and the person told me that thankfully there's no tear no break but there's like a minor little crack in my joint and that's kind of terrifying so now my finger is all like band-aided like tied up um together so it doesn't move and I had to rest it for a few weeks. So yeah, that's just a sad life update. But anyways, guys, let's dive into these updates. So I turned, or not updates, these lessons. I turned 23 February of 2021. And now it's already like July. So it's already been a few months into age 23. And it's been crazy, guys. Like, I can't believe I'm turning 24 next year. Like, hello? Where did the time go? But um, enough of this freaking out. I'm gonna be giving my biggest reflections and these reflections reply not only to age 23 but everything like that accumulated up to now and some of the stuff I learned in the past few months as well so it's just a big dump of some of the best life lessons and tips and stuff that I learned in the past while that have truly made such a difference in my life and some of them are just so specific and some of them are general but I know you guys will love it so without further ado let's dive right in first section health number one out of 23 exercise doesn't have to suck you see gymming isn't your only option for exercise oftentimes when we say oh we should like exercise more we often think first and foremost about getting a gym membership or going out for runs and stuff and like those stuff while they are like very practical and useful some people just don't like it some people don't like going to the gym some people don't like sweating in like a stuffy room or going out and running around a boring neighborhood or whatever but it doesn't have to suck because exercise comes in so many different forms and i really learned this in the past few months when i started getting so much into different types of exercise so started off with me getting a road bike and i started biking around the city and i fell in love with biking I literally bike more than I walk, guys. No lie. I bike way more than I walk and I absolutely love it. So good for cardio training and all of that. And there's a view. 
And I also started playing volleyball. I did some indoor bouldering and climbing at the Hive Gym, and I also took golf lessons. So I'm doing all these things right now, and I love it. And I haven't had a gym membership, guys, no lie, in like five years. And no, that's not like a flex because like, um, first of all, I'm just cheap, so I don't get a membership. But the point is, exercise doesn't have to suck. Like doing all these things that I genuinely enjoy has been giving me the exercise that I need. But I did get a gym membership just for the fall because I know that when the sun is not as like hot for the summer, I'm not going to be going out and biking and playing as much volleyball, beach volleyball. So I had to do that. But guys, exercise doesn't have to suck. So find something that works for you and that you genuinely enjoy and love. Maybe it's dancing. Maybe it's like kickboxing. Maybe it's a sport. And uh, just get your sweat in because man, does it feel so good to have fun and also do something good for your body. Number two is wear sunscreen. Oh my God, guys, I did not wear sunscreen on my face until literally like three years ago. And that is why I destroyed my skin. Like I had like the worst, worst skin ever. If you saw me starting like grade six all throughout high school, my skin, like my pores were huge. I was always breaking out. It was a combination between oily and dry. And I didn't realize that like sun damage was like one of the biggest causes of like bad skin. And then I suddenly like this one day, someone told me, Meg, you have to wear sunscreen. And I was like, okay. And then since then I started wearing sunscreen and everything has changed since then. Like even when I'm just staying at home, I still lather my face with like sunscreen because I need to protect my skin. So that's a really practical one. Guys, make sure to put sunscreen on your face if you don't want your skin to age faster than it should. Number three, watch your posture, y'all. Watch your posture because posture is not only so important for your health and your body, but also for your confidence and the way that you're perceived by others. Like first and foremost, guys, if you're listening to this and you're like doing work at your desk, stand up straight or not stand up straight, sit up straight. Roll your shoulders back and just sit up straight and like keep your chin a bit higher. Get like a desk stand or like a monitor so that you don't have to always look down. Don't hunch your back all the time. Keep your back straight. And when you're standing and walking into a room, try to keep like an open posture, not like closed off, arms crossed, like all like, you know, um, shriveled up small and stuff. Because, you know, I really like this YouTube channel. It's called Charisma on Command. And it tells you a lot of these almost like life hacks and just like psychology tips to help you become a more confident and charismatic and overall more likable person and honestly posture and body language is one of the biggest ones that they touch on so make sure to pay attention to that open body language is good stand up straight walk with confidence and honestly the more that your body reflects that the more that you will start to believe it as well and it's just like a nice like self-fulfilling prophecy kind of thing and also this doesn't even need to be said but it's good for your health so you don't want to end up looking like the hunchback of Notre Dame so watch your posture Okay, I feel like I'm like an Asian mom trying to like tell my kid to watch posture. Like my parents tell me this all the time and I'm grateful for it because I genuinely I need to hear it. Okay, number four, health is your greatest investment. And this is the last one in the health section. But honestly, guys, health is so huge. And I know that if you're listening to this, maybe you're like in your young 20s or mid 20s or late 20s, or maybe you're not in your in your 20s. But no matter what age it is, It is never too late and never too early for you to invest in your health. Your health is so freaking important. And the reason why this like hit me extra hard this year is because I see people around me who are neglecting their health and it's making such a big impact on their mental health as well as just their state of being overall as a person. I see it in my parents sometimes and their little bad habits, like the way they eat and 
um, yeah, just stuff like that. And my friends who like eat bad and drink a lot of alcohol. I mean, it's great to like have fun and all, but try to keep things in moderation and just fuel your body with good food, exercise, good sleep, all of that. Like obviously this health thing, I could talk for like hour, two hours, three hours because it's such a huge topic, but the overarching is please, please pay attention to your health. Pay attention to your health, please. Uh, your future self will thank you a lot. And honestly, taking care of your physical health, it's gonna be like one of the best keystone habits for like every other aspect of your life. And I found this to be so true for myself this year. When I started exercising more and just eating good foods and just making sure I get my eight hours of sleep every single night, every single other part of my life is so much better. My relationships, my friendships, my ability to think quick and work well and all that stuff. Health guys, health first. Okay, next section is like dating. So I have three key ones under the dating section. So this is number five out of 23. Don't go on dating apps with expectations, y'all. This one is like so specific and it's because it comes from my own experience. I've been on dating apps like on and off for the past like year or two years or so because I felt like I was like ready to date and I went on the apps because I was like curious. But guys, don't go in with the expectation that you are definitely going to find the one. I kind of made this mistake like last year, like early to mid 2020, when this one day I was like, you know, I'm going to go on dating apps and I'm going to find the one. And you know how I'm going to find the one? I'm going to buy Tinder gold. And that way I'm going to see everyone who right swipes me. And out of all the people who right swipe me, there's got to be at least one guy in there who could be the one. <laughs> so I dead ass, I bought Tinder gold and I was like, oh, so much dopamine. Because I was like, every day I was like getting all these likes and seeing all these profiles of these guys who are like right swipe me. But here's the thing. It's not that simple, yo. Just because you see these people liking you and then like you're like, oh, this guy's cute. I'll write like I'll right swipe them too. And then you match. The conversation is a whole nother beast in itself. You see the thing with dating apps is like people go on for different reasons, especially Tinder. Some people go on because they're simply bored. Some people are just looking for friendships or hookups or something casual. Or some people are taking it so seriously. Some people don't even know what they're looking for. So if you go in with the expectation that you're going to find the thing that you're looking for, Sorry to break it to you, but yeah, usually when you go in with that, you're going to be disappointed. And unfortunately, it has been disappointing so far. But um, before I end off this dating app tangent, I got to say, guys, Hinge is way better than Tinder. This is like me of my like my present self speaking because I've been on the apps again the past like month or so. Hinge is way better than Tinder. <laughs> That's my opinion. Okay. Okay. Next, number uh, six out of 23. Be a clear communicator in dating. Um, you don't want to play games. Don't play games in dating. You don't want to analyze text and analyze all the punctuation, analyze how long it takes for people to reply. Sure, sometimes you have to analyze in order to get like a sense of like how they're feeling and stuff, but you don't want to be the person that other people will have to like analyze, right? Like at a certain point, you know, we're all mature adults. It's more useful and effective and time efficient to just straight up be a communicator and ask hey what do you think about us or just make it clear like hey i think i can only see you as a friend or hey like i enjoy spending time with you and i want to get to know you more with the potential that maybe we could date so don't be afraid to just be clear about what you want what you're looking for and ask the question because honestly the biggest reason why people like don't like dating apps and reason why people get hurt 
is because people aren't communicating and you guys aren't on the same page. So just be clear with that. And honestly, it takes a lot of courage to do that, I know. And it took a lot of courage for me to be able to communicate better and ask these questions, but it didn't take, um, it didn't just come smoothly. So if you knew me before and all that in person and stuff, I did try to be courageous and I did ask guys out. My ex-boyfriend, I actually confessed first. And then after that, I liked somebody and I confessed and I got friend zone. Sure, it's fine. But going through those experiences of like rejection and just communicating first taught me that it is the right answer. Because if I hadn't done that, I would have been left wondering and wondering. And it's just slow and long torture. So translate that into like dating in general. Just be a clear communicator and don't play games and play around because you got to be considerate about other person's feelings and you don't want to waste other people's time. And honestly, I did that as well last year when I was on dating apps and I was talking to people and I realized through talking that I didn't want to you know, lead them on or see them romantically. And obviously I didn't want to ghost people either. So I just straight up communicate and be like, hey, like I really enjoy talking to you, but I just want to let you know, I probably only see you as a friend. Um, but if you still want to be friends, I'm down to like connect so we can do that. And surprisingly guys, or not surprisingly, more so like in a good way, they were all very grateful. They were like, oh my gosh, thank you so much for letting me know. I really appreciate your message. And yes, I'm down to be your friends. So communicate guys. Okay. And then the third one under the dating section is take risks. You never know until you try. And this kind of goes with the communication one. For example, if you feel like you like somebody and you just, you're just dying, you're just dying because you can't stop thinking about them or like it's been a few months already. Dude, just take the risk. Just let them know or like tell a friend or get them to like get some info for you. Like honestly, I would say from my experience, like after some point, it's better to just like let them know and so what if you get rejected so what if they say no at least you gave it a shot and at least you're not left wondering for much longer right i've been friend zoned before and yes it sucks but it is better than wasting many more months thinking about this guy and not knowing that hey this whole time he only saw you as a friend i would like to say think about the worst case scenario and the best case scenario and from that you can see hey which one is more worth it worst case scenario they friend zone you and they're like oh this person liked me like oh Megan had a crush on me I don't see her that way and so I'm just gonna tell her and that's okay it's not weird it's normal to have crushes but what's the best case scenario best case scenario is they do like you back and then they're like oh my gosh I feel the same way thank you for bringing it up first so see juggle the worst and best case scenario and usually I would say take the dang risk so just shoot your shot and go for it dude life is short I'm speaking this and they're like bro I'm like 23 and holy shit, time is going by so fast. So shoot your shot because you don't want to be the one left at age 29 and you're at like your best friend's wedding, even though you've been secretly in love with them for like the past like five years, but you never told them and now they're married and now you're just like their best man or whatever, or, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> so shoot your shot, guys. Okay, next section is friendships. And I have five under friendships. So this is four, five, six, seven, eight. Lesson number eight out of uh, 23. So your friends will change throughout different chapters of your life and you have to be okay with that. I don't think I have had a consistent group of closest friends for a long term throughout my life and that is a-okay and it's different for everybody. But I found that through different chapters of your life, maybe at a certain point, 
you're more career focused. Maybe at a certain point, you're more focused on having fun. Maybe at a certain point, you're going through a hard time and you really want to focus on the friendships who are really here for you and here to like, you know, support you through tougher chapters of your life. Maybe through a certain point, you move to a different city and you're just experiencing a new life and you're just open to meeting new people and having fun with new friends. Friendships will come and go through different chapters of your life and different friends will resonate through different stages depending on what your focus is and that is totally okay. And it's not something that you can necessarily control. It's more so something that happens naturally out of the flow. So I would say really be okay with letting go and welcoming new people in your life. And at the same time, just because a friend drifts away for a certain period doesn't mean there's any hard feelings between the two of you. Maybe you just don't resonate for this time, but perhaps later down the road in a few months or a few years or even decades down, you'll cross paths again, perhaps when you resonate more in each other's lives again. So friendships, so dynamic. Be open to the fluidity of friendships changing. And um, honestly, that's just the reality of being an adult. Next one under friendships is you have to take initiative. Honestly, guys, if you don't take initiative to put effort into your friendships or initiate to hang out or all of that stuff, then honestly, it's if you're just waiting for them to reach out to you and you're not making any effort, then sorry to break to you, but it's not going to work out for a friend. And obviously you have to read the signs and be like, hey, like, do I think this person does want to see me again? Do they want to talk to me again? Yes, you have to read the signs. But if you genuinely want to catch up with someone, you just go for it. Just make the first move. Just like the dating thing, there is no harm in making the first move. And hey, if they give you the sign that they don't want to be in touch anymore, then just like read the signs and take the note. But honestly, nine out of 10 times, and this is from my own experience, when I reach out to somebody or when I'm say, when I'm like, hey guys, like, yo, we haven't hung out in like a year. Let's have a reunion. Everyone is so enthusiastic and everyone's like, hell yeah, let's do this. And a few of my friends actually have this like joke with me where they're like, oh my gosh, I miss this group of friends. I'm just waiting for Meg to plan another hangout. (laughs) So I somehow took on this role of being the person who's supposed to like bring us back together and stuff. And you know, I'm actually very okay with that. I'm very okay with initiating and rekindling friendships and bringing people together because that's the kind of person that I am. So I would say for you too, don't be afraid to take initiative and ask people to hang out and just check in on them. And the third one under friendships, aka lesson number 10 out of 23 be selective in who you give your energy to. And honestly, back then, I was a type to be open to every single type of friend. (laughs) And there's nothing wrong with that. I think there's a certain period of life where it's good to be like that, especially when I was first going to university and I was like, wow, I want to be friends with everybody. But as you get older, and especially now as I've, you know, went through a year in quarantine and just like graduated university, I really realized there are only like a select few people that I really want to dedicate my energy to. And a big, like the masses, I don't want to spread my energy across like a hundred people, for example. So be selective. Watch out for energy drainers. Really ask yourself, what kind of people do you want to surround yourselves by? Maybe it's people with similar values as you. Maybe it's people who will push you to become a better person of yourself. Or maybe it's people who share the same humor as you. Really ask yourself how you feel. And I'm a very feelings-driven person. I really follow my intuition for a lot of things. So really sometimes it's not like a cut and paste like manual for who do I give my energy to and who I don't. For me, it's really how do I feel when I'm talking to this person? How do I feel when I'm with this person? And I'll be honest in saying that there are a lot of people that I was friends with and spent a lot of time with throughout university perhaps and even high school who... 
I did not feel good spending time with. <laughs> and I really have to acknowledge that and be like, hey, if I'm not feeling good and my insides are telling me that I would rather go home than spend another 30 minutes talking to this person, then maybe it's a sign that you don't need to put as much energy into this friendship and rather put more energy into the friendships that you feel like, wow, this excites me. I'm excited to see this person. I want to spend more time with this person. So ask yourself that and be selective in who you give your energy to because your energy is limited and it's like one of your greatest resources. So distribute that wisely. And also, power of association is huge so be cautious of who you associate with because the people that you spend the most time talking to and like you know influencing one another they really do shape you into the person that you will become so be very very intentional with that okay and now the fourth one under friendships vulnerability fosters closeness when i think about the closest friends that i have in my life right now the reason why we became close is because either one like either one of us or at the same time, we decided that vulnerability should be, should exist between us, right? Like you open up to each other on a level that you wouldn't open up to with a stranger. Like, okay guys, imagine having a friend and when you spend time together, you just talk about things that you could literally talk about with a stranger. Like, oh, the weather or COVID vaccines or this world event or blah, 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 blah. There's like no... there's no value in that if you could just have that with anybody. What really I think makes a friendship so strong and so powerful is the vulnerability that you share. The fact that you tell each other things that you can't just tell, tell to anybody and the fact that you can open up to a level, to a certain deeper level and that you feel comfortable opening up to each other on that level and can offer each other the support and encouragement and love that you're looking for in a friendship. Like honestly, it has built so many close genuine deep meaningful friendships for me and this is like kind of a joke but there's like truth behind it but like a lot of my best friendships were built in the am hours because i end up having really deep conversations with people after midnight because that's when i get more even more thoughtful and introspective and a little bit existential but those things really really build that closeness like for example there was a friend that i hadn't seen or talked to in like two years and this isn't due to any drama or anything it's because we weren't like super tight to begin with but we just like didn't see each other for two years because of like school and exchange and work and all that and all of a sudden bam we just like ended up hanging out in the same group again and I was like hey let's have a catch-up so we caught up and we just ended talking for like two hours and it was like a really great catch-up because almost right off the bat like maybe like first 10-15 minutes we're like more of the chill catch-up like hey how's school how's work and just funny banter but real quickly we got deeper we talked about hey what's the meaning behind your tattoos and how do you feel about this and like how's therapy for you and all of that deeper stuff and really that's what fosters that closeness and builds a type of bond that isn't gonna be easily broken in the future and i know for a fact that because we share this vulnerability that we will be much closer friends and not really drift apart again for a long time right so build that vulnerability with your friend now the fifth one under the friendship section is um not actually really friendships this is about just relationships and actually family so your parents only want the best for you. And this is something that really thought about more in my 20s now. Someone who is entering adulthood. You see, I'm 23. I'm like paying a lot of my own bills. And even though I still live with my parents, they still give me so much support. But I'm realizing more and more how I'm drifting away from being dependent on them. And of course, that causes a bit of tension sometimes because my parents 
they love me a lot and they always ask me questions like hey like how's work like who are you going out with like how's your finances doing blah 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 and obviously as a 23 year old now it annoys me sometimes because i'm like hey look i can take care of this myself like i'm a full-grown adult and i can do this myself and sometimes i do get extra annoyed and i give them a little bit of attitude but whenever i feel like doing that i hold back and really think from their perspective hey like they're my parents they're only asking because they care about me and coming from like an immigrant family where my parents literally sacrificed everything to give the best for me and my brother i really have to do like i really have to give them that grace and step in their shoes and think hey like as a parent of course it's going to be hard letting go of wanting to care about every aspect of my child's life and that is okay so work on that communication with your parents if that resonates with you and remember that your parents really really want the best for you obviously i can't speak for who your parents are but this is like a trend that i see in my family and a lot of my friends families even though their love language may be different and maybe they do it just through asking a lot of questions or a lot of service rather than giving you affection and love this is especially true in asian families and households but really think from their perspective and try to foster that empathy and understanding and give them the benefit of the doubt and again just like the friendships and dating part focus on that communication and that wraps up the first 12 out of the 23 things i learned by 23 this is a nice and short episode so i think i'm gonna wrap up here thank you guys so much for listening let me know if any of that resonated and make sure to tune into the next episode where i will be spilling the final 13 i can't count final 11 things i learned by 23 more about the success and life lessons and self-awareness and all of that stuff so hope that resonated thank you guys so much for listening and if you want to stay in touch with our page make sure to give us a follow on instagram and i'm in my 20s and i will chat with you guys again next week have a lovely day guys bye